This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Saber, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Arepas. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love some Arepas. Oh, um, me too. Gosh, was there any reason this was on your mind? Who was there? It <laughs> was so long ago that I chose this topic, like four days at least. Wow. <laughs> it could have been anything. <laughs> An eternity. <laughs> <laughs> um, no particular reason, I think, or like possibly like I uh, I, I got some like delivery from um, Arepa Mia relatively mm. recently, which is a local, um, local restaurant and so good. Mm. And yeah. Oh, they, they they do the they do the one with like the with like the they do a bunch with fried plantains on them. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I. I don't remember the first time I had arepas, but I arepa mia was one of my first places mm-hmm. I went. And uh, at the time it was located at the Sweet Auburn Market. So it used sure. to be in what I called. Dragon Con territory, so I associated it with Dragon Con. <laughs> but now it's moved and it is in, in a different place because I looked it up as we were doing this research. And I was like, oh, I've got to get some. <laughs> They're a bit further away from me now. Oh, that's well, okay. yeah, that's that's all right. You know, it's it's worth it. Many things are worth a little bit of a trip. It's true. 
<laughs> it's true. And this is coming from someone who's like, you want me to drive 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. <laughs> I do have a favorite place in NYC. And I think anyone from New York, you could probably write in and you would know the place. I did not take the time to look at my New York map. Oh, um, uh-huh. But it's it's the place. You know what it is. It's like the Arepa place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because people are like, this place. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm i very excited about them. I am concerned about the pronunciation throughout this episode, but as always. We're going to we're gonna work, work it out just as best as we can. We are. <laughs> we are. Mm-hmm. And we have a few past episodes you could check out. Yeah, for further uh, cornflower-related discussion, um, see our tamales episode and uh, tacos as well. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Cravings galore. Cravings oh, galore. Oh, yeah. This was a very serious cravings episode. I feel like we say that every episode now. But... <laughs> I think mo- I would say like a solid 96%. <laughs> Our cravings episode. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, nice, I guess. Yeah. We do have one coming up that I'm not going to say that about, but um, I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that for right now. And this is great because Lauren usually chooses, I'll give some suggestions, but she usually chooses the next topic. So I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. That's fun. That's fun for me. That's fun for you listeners. Um, well... I guess this brings us to our question. Arepas. What are they? Well, uh, arepas can be a lot of things, but at the base, um, an arepa is a staple uh, corn-based bread product that's typically formed into a disc and grilled or griddled to cook. They can be anywhere from thin and crunchy to thick and puffy, uh, chewy to soft, uh, baked or deep-fried, huge or little and snackable, um, sweet or savory, served with any number of mix-ins or toppings, split open like a bun and stuffed with fillings. It's it's bread. Um, you know, and bread is like really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's like a hug from our ancestors. Uh, and bread is multitudinous. Um, arepas contain multitudes. That's another pillow for savor. Another <laughs> slogan. That needs to be on a pillow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, man, we should make we should make more. Okay, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, concentrating, the flour used to make arepas is made from dent corn, uh, me- meaning corn that is not sweet, like the type that we eat fresh. Yeah, um, white or yellow varieties may be used, and the corn is usually uh, hulled, cooked, and ground into a fine meal, um, and then dried. In Spanish, it's a harina de maize, um, that is uh, flour from corn. And if you're buying it, it'll be labeled a pre-cooked or a pre-cocida. A popular brand is called masarepa. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's become a generic term for this type of corn flour, like in English at least. That's what I saw this type of corn flour being referred to as on a lot of English language articles and posts. Um, but at any rate, yes, uh, because the corn has been cooked, you can make a dough from nasarepa by just adding water. This is different from like American cornmeal, um, which is ground and dried raw and often incorporates some or all of the hull. Um, you cannot just add water 
to make dough from, from cornmeal. It's also different from masa harina, which we've talked about in our episodes on tamales and tacos. Masa harina is a flour made from corn that's been processed with, uh, with alkaloids, which break down some of the molecules in the corn um, and help hull it and help make some of its nutrients more available and allows you to write and make dough from it with just water. Uh, in American English, this type of corn is called hominy. Future episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But of course, like now that I've said all that, like because there are infinite recipes for arepas, like of course there are totally arepas made um, with ground hominy or with masa harina or um, with ground sweet corn because why not? Yeah, as you said, multitudinous. Multitudinous, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but okay, so the, the basic idea here is that you make a dough with uh, this pre-cooked corn flour and water and, you know, like salt, maybe a little bit of fat. Form it into a disc and cook it however you choose, but probably low and slow so that you get like a nice crisp browned outside and a soft inside. And uh, it can be served just like that, um, like 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 toast um, alongside breakfast, lunch or dinner or eaten as a snack, maybe spread with butter or with like a dipping sauce or or <laughs> Ooh, uh -huh. <laughs> you could use milk in the dough instead of water. You could add cheese to the dough. You could stuff the dough with cheese or egg or cooked meat or beans or veg um, before you cook it so that you wind up with this like baked in tasty center. Once they are cooked, you can top them with whatever you want. You can split them open and fill them with whatever you want. I will say that that um, splitting them open and filling them is more a Venezuelan thing than a Colombian thing. Um, and would more properly be called uh, arepas rellenas. But you can find all types in both countries and up into Panama and wherever humans with this culinary tradition in their history have immigrated. Mm. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> speaking of... What about the nutrition? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, geez, it, it really it really does depend. Um, generally speaking, you know, this is a starch, um, and starches help fill you up. But to keep you going, it's best to pair them with uh, protein and vegetable and uh, and a little bit of fat. So, yeah. Mm. Mm -mm. Can do. All right. Well, <laughs> we do have some numbers for you. Yeah. Um, uh, this one's fun. So research in the 1980s determined that the ideal particle size for arepa flour is between 297 and 420 micrometers. Wow. Very precise. Mm -hmm. Very precise. Science, y'all. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, there is a website called uh, locosporlasarepas.com that maps international restaurants serving arepas. They currently list some 400 spots in some 45 countries on their maprepa. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's their pun, not mine. <laughs> that is excellent. Oh my gosh, and very important work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out. Check it out for sure. Um, Locosporlasarepas.com. Uh, um, uh, there's a Guinness record for the largest arepa. It was set in 2011 um, by the brand uh, Harina Pan, and it weighed 493.2 kilos. That's um, 1,087 pounds. 
it took an hour to cook in a giant custom-made, like almost like sandwich maker because it applied heat from the top and the bottom so you didn't have to flip it. You know, that would have been probably too much. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) And it was uh, served up to some 2,800 employees of the brand. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've read about bigger ones, but I don't think Guinness was in on them. So Uh, it's one mm -hmm. of those things. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There is an Arepa Festival in Colombia every year that tours multiple cities from August through December, ending in Bogota. I love this. If anyone has ever been, I I need, or like I'm not totally positive it's still happening. Like like please 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 if you have any any more information, let us know because like yes the there's like on, only so much I can do when a lot of the sources are in Spanish. Um, uh, Google Translate only gets you so far. Uh, mm-hmm. But right, so um <laughs> vaguely related. Uh, back in 2005, the Colombian Academy of Gastronomy published um, a 16,000-word investigation into arepa culture um, through these interviews and this research that they did around the country. And they found um, 72 varieties of arepas in Bogota alone. Wow. (laughs) I love it. Research. (laughs) Very important research. Yeah. 72 varieties? Mm. Love it. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh, And then in Venezuela, there's an expression that goes, a baby is born with an arepa under their arm. Uh, Yeah. And outside of food shortages, which we are going to talk about more in the history section, the Mm -hmm. average Venezuelan eats about two arepas per day. Which is actually down from the 1970s when um, I read it was more like three or four a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well... We do have quite a bit of history for you. Oh, we do. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Yes, thank you. So... Arepas go back to pre-Columbian times in South America, specifically the areas that would become Venezuela and Colombia, when several indigenous peoples made a variety of corn cakes. Uh, and corn is for sure a oh. separate episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've been skirting that one just as much as we, as we have potatoes, to be <laughs> oh, honest. Absolutely. We've done a lot of like... Auxiliary stuff, auxiliary stuff, but yeah, no, no, no. It's just it's gonna like like we should not have tried to do a single episode about rice. Like we, it's gonna no. need to be broken down a lot more than that. Agreed. So that so that you do not die. Agreed. I mean, my brain still hurts just at the mention of that one. Um, so yes, corn separate episode, but corn was very important. It was a very important staple for many in the Americas where it grew natively. And thanks to archaeological evidence, researchers believe that people may have been making an arepa or something like it with the cultivation of corn in the Andes over 3,000 years ago. Yeah, um, the word arepa comes from an indigenous um, Carib language word for corn, uh, irepa. And uh, indigenous women from these areas would soak kernels of maize, remove the husk, dry them out, and then grind them up to make flour. And then they would then take that flour and combine it with water to make balls of dough that they would then flatten into these discs. And then the discs were toasted on these hot, flat clay pans, leaving the insides nice and moist. Yeah. Mm. And that pan was called a budare, and it was very culturally significant to the point that in the 16th century, an observer likened them to a sacrificial stone for the rite 
of the first bread. Wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, today, badares are uh, more often made from cast iron, um, but they're still like often like a kind of like beloved, like like center of a kitchen and like family heirloom kind of situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, arepas are incredibly customizable. So local ingredients were incorporated into the dough and fillings. And when new ingredients were introduced into whatever region, those were tossed in as well. There was a lot of experimentation. Um And through this, we see all kinds of cultural influences that provide historical touch points and context to the history of these places and their peoples. One popular example is arepa de huevo, or an arepa filled with raw egg and perhaps stewed beef and then deep fried once again, which sounds so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, hmm. And it's believed to be Tunisian in origin. Huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, By the 17th century, a Franciscan man in South America described these arepas, quote, in the form of a thin tortilla cooked at tamed fire, abundant with eggs, fat, and other things on top. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And, okay, so these colonial influences are where Venezuelan arepas, anyway, um, transitioned from being more of like a staple starchy side to uh, to really being incorporated into main dishes, uh, you know, filled with proteins and vegetables. Creating the flour for arepas was done by hand and usually by women um, in uh, mortar and pestle type devices. First, like like earlier, a stone dish of sorts called a matate and later with a larger wooden uh, pilon. Uh, selling arepas was a cottage industry up until technological innovation. Um, In 1954, an engineer in Venezuela by the name of Luis Caballero Mejias uh, developed an industrial method of making pre-cooked corn flour. He released it under the brand La Erepera, and it was immediately popular um, because it was such a time saver. A few years later, the leading Venezuelan food company, um, Empresas Polar, I've never heard it out loud, but I assume that that is how it's said. Um, uh, They bought the patent. And it seems um, that they had a couple of employees working on an industrial method of corn hulling at the time as well. Yes. And then in late 1960, Empresas Polar released their brand of pre-cooked corn flour, Arena Pan. They hired some 400 people to, like, travel around the country demonstrating its use. And it is still one of the most popular products for cooking arepas in Venezuela in our modern times. I've read that this brand name is used generically in Venezuela for, like, arepa flour. Um, and they they had a display in Times Square in 2020 for the brand's 60th anniversary. That's great. Yeah. I want to look it up. I want to see it. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so with this in- innovation where previously arepas would have been uh, a food primarily eaten at home, these products created a market segment for arepas produced at restaurants um, and for, for restaurants devoted to arepas. One such arepera chain, uh, Hermanos Alvarez, started out in uh, Caracas in the 1950s and became famous for their, like, fun and or, like, like weird at the time, like, filling and topping combinations. And a lot of their names for these combos persist through today, like, across arepa culture. Like, like certainly the menu options at, like, Arepa Mia here in Atlanta are named for those things. That's just what they're called. 
In the 1990s, Venezuela produced about 800,000 tons of corn flour a year. Whew. And um, populist president Hugo Chavez took power in Venezuela from 1999 to 2015. Yeah. Um, and the, the the political and, and social turmoil that that he and a bunch of other situations created is ongoing. Um, infrastructure like water and sanitation and the electric grid has crumbled, um, affecting, I mean, you know, both like daily life and, of course, also agriculture. Um, national crop production has decreased significantly over the past 20 years. Um, over 18 percent of the population has left since 2014. Um, as of 2021, it was estimated that 77% of Venezuela's 28 million remaining residents were living in extreme poverty. Over 5.9 million Venezuelans immigrated, and they took arepas with them, uh, spreading them the world over. And we did see a spike in their global popularity during this time. Yeah, uh, I mean, making and selling arepas and, like, you know, using and, and sharing that cultural heritage has helped some of the immigrants get back on their feet wherever they've landed. Um, shout out, by the way, to uh, Diana Valero and her article, The Journey of the Arepa, from November of 2021. It was very helpful um, for me in putting together a lot of various little bits and bobs that I've had throughout here. Um, also, also that month, um, November of 2021, of course... Of course, uh, Disney released the movie Encanto about a Colombian family with various magical powers or not. Um, and uh, like the, the like healer of the party uh, works her magical remedies via arepas. I mean, what a way to heal. That's how I would love to right? be healed is via arepas. Hard. I mean, Agree. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it's so good. Every time I watch it, I want one so so badly. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's what we have to say about Arepas for now. Yes, um, but we do have some listener mail for you, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents... She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listeners. Listeners. <laughs> you know, we were just talking about karaoke, and Encanto has made it in into oh, my songs right. now, especially Surface Pressure. Yeah, Surface Pressure is a really good song. And I bought a karaoke machine during the pandemic, and uh, <laughs> it was like one of those ones where you have the YouTube video, and you watch the YouTube video with the lyrics, and you sing along with this karaoke machine. It's got all these lights and everything. Oh, right, and, um, yeah. I was doing surface pressure and the internet connection okay. was too slow, so the lyrics weren't working, but I just knew them all by heart. And uh, <laughs> the song ended, and my friends, there was a moment of silence, and they were like, Eddie, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So... Zara wrote, first, I just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work in putting together such a fun and informative podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, I have been listening for quite a while, and your rice cooker episode finally provided me with an opportunity to write you guys. Mm -hmm. I am Persian-American, and in Persian rice cookers, the crisp rice on the bottom of a rice cooker is called tadig, which literally translates to bottom of the pot. Persian-style rice cookers are especially designed to make a foolproof tadig, but advanced Persian cooks can make them in a pot on the stovetop. Tadig is a dish that all Persians will fight over because it is so beloved. I believe it. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Right? Yeah, no, any any type of, like, crisped rice situation is oofta. So good. 
yeah, I that's one of my favorite things about rice cookers that I learned from that episode was that they have been customized yeah. um, to different tastes and different cultures <laughs> around the world. Oh, it's amazing. It sounds oh, it sounds so good. Oh, um, uh, Kenna wrote. I think it was your show that opened me up to reusing jelly jars after a listener mail segment where someone from Australia mentioned it. I've started canning jelly in bon jars and can confirm that it works great. I did buy new jar lids. I also needed more reassurance that it was safe and found lots of university extension websites with information. You can also can in Classico brand pasta sauce jars. They are just tall, skinny mason jars. I love this. I love, once again, Oh yeah, uh, listeners, you have this community and you build off each other and you write about what someone else has written and, and that you give each other advice. I love that, love so, that good. so much. And then I know I've told this story before, but we have a good friend and coworker, Alex, um, who every year makes eggnog uh, for, yeah. for his friends. And he... Uh, Gives them out in these like little mason jars with lids. And I've had people fight me for those jars. <laughs> people have asked me about them. They really want them. Like they're popular jars. People really Wow. wow. I mean, nothing to sneeze at a good jar. <laughs> they're they're good jars. Oh, I wonder if there's been like a pandemic like shortage of jars or something. Hmm. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.